Welcome to the Free To Be You podcast with Roz Paul. This is a fun-loving, safe space for you to navigate how to be your bold and confident selves while doing life with family, in faith, alongside friendships, and a pinch of business. As an entrepreneur, a woman of faith, a mother of four young adults, and married for over 20 years, I get it. I understand the challenges of not losing yourself while navigating through life and business. Did I mention that I'm a lover of Starbucks chai tea latte? Vanilla flavor, of course. Although being yourself can be uncomfortable and sometimes overwhelming, this is definitely the place that you want to be. I want you to allow me, some awesome friends, and other special guests to have real conversations with uplifting, relational, and practical keys on how to be free to be yourself in the life that you are called to lead. Are you ready to jump in? Let's get started. Hey there, hey there, welcome back to the podcast. This is Roz Paul, your host, your Freedom Life Coach, and listen, in this episode, we continue the conversation with my good girlfriend, Cassandra Rattray. She is a licensed mental and family therapist who was a guest host during my Facebook Live Freedom Friday Conversations. Say that three times fast. Listen, in Um, this old episode that I recorded way back when it had some really relevant keys and things that we talked about that is just really good for you to hear right now now if you didn't listen to the first part of this conversation which was in my last episode I want you to pause this one and go back and listen to the first part Now, in this episode, which is, of course, the second part, uh, I started to ask some really interesting and juicy questions. Well, guess what? Me starting to ask these questions caused my listening audience to also open up and ask some really follow-up, good, good follow-up questions um, that really just took over the conversation. And man, were the answers to those questions life-changing you are going to want to get a paper and pencil and just get ready to start writing because there were some juicy gems that were dropped okay Uh, especially especially on the topic of anxiety and how to handle your relationships whether you are single or married through different seasons of your life listen you don't want to miss this episode listen all the way through it's going to be good all right let me not hold you any longer let's go ahead and take a listen let me try and hit on another area that we haven't talked about before um how about anxiety anxiety is something that comes up a lot as well Mm -hmm. and can you just first explain what anxiety is and how Mm -hmm. Um, how that plays into play in your life. Yeah, well, anxiety is not a bad thing. Uh, first, let's jump, let's jump and get that out the box. Anxiety okay. is not a bad thing. Okay. Um, anxiety is like our time, like our alarm clock in a sense. For example, you have to um, get ready for work. So if you don't set an alarm, you get up and like, oh, I got to get ready for work. It kind of gives you a jump to do something. 
-hmm. like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, if I'm not be care if I'm not careful, this can happen. Now, anxiety turns into a problem if we're constantly in a state of worry or fear to the point mm. where it's debilitating. For example, you have this constant anxiety about, um, what should I say? Something that's- About our children. <laughs> your children, your children. That's a very good example. You have a constant anxiety that something's going to happen to them. Yes. But the idea is that you also have to know where that's rooted from. Where is that rooted from? What oh. happened? Why do you have, like, did something happen to them that would make you fear that anxiety? And usually when we work with, I should say, I work with people with anxiety, we do a lot of cognitive behavior therapy where we challenge those negative thoughts, like those rational thoughts versus irrational thoughts. Like, could that really happen if you really broke it down? Like, mm. could a car really hit your child every time they left the house? Can that really happen? <laughs> you know, so, but oh, that's, sometimes, that's sometimes the thought that we have and we allow it to cause our body to react. I always tell clients, your mind is such a strong, strong mm -hmm. muscle. We can literally cause ourselves to get sick. Yes. By thinking and, and carrying repetitive, repetitive thoughts. Like we bring on our own like anxiety. And remember I was telling you about the idea of getting back on I-95 after the accident is that that was my anxiety. That was my fear, this constant worry, like, oh my God, I can get into a car accident again. But instead of going to therapy for that, I challenged my thoughts. I'm like, could I really get into an accident again? I just have to be careful. I just have to make sure I'm safe. I get on the road. I take baby steps every day, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. But oftentimes we go through life not analyzing ourselves mm -hmm. and just letting the anxiety get worse and it's just getting worse and get to, it's debilitating till we can't function and then we find ourselves oftentimes on medication mm. Mm. Um, which is not a bad thing if that's something that you have to do then um, it's best until you can with that going to talk therapy because there's medic medic medication that you can take to see a psychiatrist or psychologist and then a talk therapist to kind of walk through your own process because our mind was built to kind of handle our anxiety like we have a system that kind of connects and say you know what it's okay let's take a mm. deep breath everything's going to be fine let's relax but sometimes we're so alert and on top of everything all the time, we can't get ourselves to relax. So this is when medication helps. Now, I talk to my community about, um, go. it's going back a little bit into that self-care area where mm -hmm. that time, like get a little timer and start off with maybe five minutes and how difficult it can be yeah for just five minutes like I stayed quiet on one of our calls one time or one of our get-togethers and I sat there silently for literally 30 seconds or a mm -hmm. minute mm -hmm. and I know that felt like forever for, mm -hmm. <laughs> for some people so and I shared with them to practice um that quiet time and hear what your thoughts are saying and write it out yeah, um, yeah, I heard about that too. Like the writing, the therapy of writing. 
yeah, yeah. that are pulling up inside of your mind. Whereas you said it verbally, you questioned mm-hmm. or you challenged yourself verbally, but um, I'm such a writer. I, mm-hmm. Man, I let it all out. It'd be all yeah. like, it'd be ugly <laughs> crying with all on the paper, talking to the Lord, all that jazz. But yeah, learning how to spend that um, solid time to hear yourself or being more aware of yourself so that you can figure out whether you're going through an, um, not abnormal, but a different or uncommon anxiety mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, process. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was, yeah. that was so good that you shared that. Yeah. I think the idea that you also have to remember is that we're it, going back to self-aware. We always have to be self-aware. Don't negate your feelings. Don't negate that, that check in your stomach that's telling you like, hey, let's pause. Let's take a breather. Let's, let's, let's calm down. But no, I think we're so used to, especially in the generation that we're just this go, let's do it, let's do it, let's work, let's let, and then we're not catching up to analyze what's not working, but we just keep going and keep going. So when you take a moment and take five minutes of silence to kind of hear your thoughts, you really reconnect with yourself Mm. and find out like, man, what's, what's God really saying? Like, what's the Holy Spirit revealing to me? Do I need to take a a break? Do I need to take a sabbatical? Do I need to take a season and, and just do something different? And then you stop. Like I've worked with so many people who can't sit in silence. Sometimes in therapy, yes. I'll sit and I'll just stare. <laughs> and they look at me and I was like, you know, just listen to the silence. Tell me what you hear. I do this really cool um, intervention with teenagers sometimes, and it's called, it's like a grounding exercise. Nice. So it helps them calm down and when they're in the face of anxiety. And so I have them do like their five fingers. And then I say, okay, um, take a deep breath, close your eyes, take another deep breath. And I have them open their eyes. And then I said, okay, put your five fingers up. I said, tell me five things that you see in the room. Tell me four things that you smell. Tell me three things that you can feel. Tell me two things that you can taste. And once they start connecting with their senses and what's going on, their heart rate begins to reduce. Oh, that's good. And whatever anxiety or fear that they're having before just leaves because you're able to kind of get their mind to focus on the present and relax. But as adults, we can do that too. But oftentimes, if you just sit and meditate, (laughs) it would change your life. It would definitely change your life. Some people just can't sit and do that. They just can't sit and do that. Their mind is constantly. And that alone is like so unhealthy, causes high blood pressure, causes high stress, diabetes, all those things are linked to how we handle stress, our stress response, anxiety, the constant worry. We're supposed to be able to walk with some form of peace. So with that being said, and after this, I'll I'll start answering some questions because people are putting up their questions. I'm so proud of you guys. Yes. (laughs) Um, With that being said, when in your self-evaluation, I mean, I know you mentioned earlier that people should go just to to go to um, uh, 
a counseling professional, um, you know, some time in their life to kind of see where they are. But when do you feel that in the self-evaluation, you should, you got to kind of tell yourself, let's say you did the silent time and let's say Mm -hmm. you, you know, feel like you've been aware of yourself, but you still feel like there's like things going on. What are signs? Maybe that's a better question. What Mm -hmm. are signs to kind of tell yourself, oh yeah, I really need to go see someone and not (laughs) ignore what's happening within yourself and, you know, things like that. So can you share a little bit about kind of signs of when you really need to, Mm -hmm. like you need to go? (laughs) Yeah. Well, one of which is definitely negative self-talk, like Mm. that self-defeating talk about yourself, about your goals. Um, The other one, I had it on the tip of my tongue and I forgot. Um, Of course, if someone else tells you, a spouse or a friend, oh, you ever thought about, you know, seeing someone or getting therapy, that would be beneficial. If you know you've had a traumatic past with your experience, your parents or your family members, that's a reason to possibly go see someone. If you're easily irritated or irritable by anything and anyone, that may be a sign that you you may need to go talk to someone. Or if you're holding on to a lot inside, like you know, you find that you're having relationships with people, but they're not honest relationships. They're very like surface relationships, but you continue to keep a lot of things inside. That may be a sign to go see someone. Hold so on, different- hold on. What do you mean by honest relationships? Like, like, like surface. Like if you're with someone, you just say hi and bye. Or no, no, like no. y'all just like, <laughs> you know, just elaborate on that because I'm a married woman. So I don't know what it's like apart from what I have for too long. <laughs> yeah, there. I love you, babe. I'm so sorry. He's, he's <laughs> on the side over there. But um, like, what do you mean by surface relationships with someone? Can you like, just for those of us that are, that we just may not know what that means. Yeah. Well, in a relationship, the truest form of relationships are form with authenticity. And when you're truly authentic and being your true self with that person. Now, if you find yourself in continuous relationships and it's, it's just this superficial, hey girl, I'm okay. Oh, I'm sure I ain't got no problems. Or you're dating someone and it's like, you're just casually dating, but they're asking about, you know, when that time comes deep parts of you and you're like, oh no, 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 I'm, I'm not sharing that. Oh, I, I don't think I want to talk about that. That's not something I want to discuss. Then that may be a sign that, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe I have some internal issues that I need to deal with for myself because I'm not allowing anyone to be, uh, I'm not being authentic with anyone. I'm not being authentic to myself. I'm not allowing anyone to kind of come in and that could be a fear of hurt, a fear of rejection. So instead you keep this, um, this wall up. That may be a sign that you may need to see someone. I mean, you can just go see, someone, go see someone, but those are just some, <laughs> those are just some, minor things that would result in having to go see a professional oh that's good I like that Mm. I should have wrote that down in the beginning (laughs) (laughs) well thankfully you're recording so you could just take notes after I may not be recording but you know what Facebook live saves it for me so there you go just download it from there thank Thank you you, technology (laughs) 
Thank you. So let me go ahead. And, <laughs> let me go ahead and, and ask some questions here. Pull up some of these questions these ladies have asked here. All right, I have a person and they ask, how soon would you say is it okay for a new unmarried couple to get therapy? Like when it is safe or recommended. So how soon would you say is it okay for a new unmarried couple to basically someone who's, who's dating each other? Mm -hmm. How soon would you say is it okay to get therapy? Like, when is it safe and recommended? Well, I definitely think that's up to you. You know the relationship that you're in with that person. If you know it's time, like you're like, you know what? I'm ready to take it to the next step with that person. Then go to therapy, sis. You know, um, my husband actually recommended we go to pre-engagement therapy. Not me. It was all him. <laughs> he wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like what am I getting into right now yeah oh but you God. know like you get that check in your spirit that says you know what God I think he could be the one but let me just take him to therapy to see what he really about you know and so you kind of know like there's no time limit like I know people who've been together six weeks and they get married and it's amazing I know people who've been together longer, they get married, it doesn't last, you know? So it's definitely up to you and that person. And of course, any, you know, healthy relationship boundaries, unhealthy relationship boundaries, those are things that you have to assess, assess for yourself. But you know, you definitely know. If you ask them, then you probably know. Yep. <laughs> you know. No you shade, do. sis. You just know. You get in that love. check in your spirit. Like, in love. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we want you to have um, beautiful relationships. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Whatever and I'll be honest, I've said in their therapy sessions with couples, I don't think this is going to work, guys. Yes. I like the real therapy. Like, tell me the truth. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, and I've said it. I was like, you know, you're stuck here. She's stuck here. You two are not willing to meet each other in the middle because that's what it takes. So this may not work if mm -hmm. it continues this way. And that's just the truth. Mm, I like that. Not yeah. the fact that they may not work, but the fact that you are honest in that conversation as a, see, y'all need her as a therapist. You hear me? <laughs> y'all get it together, get it together. And even to yes. extend that just a little further, Though my husband and I have been together for over 20 years, every, like we've gone to therapy like a hundred times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So don't think that just because you did the pre-work in therapy, yeah. you don't need to do the after work because we go through different seasons. You know what yes. I mean? And we yeah. were taught how to handle those seasons and we never no. saw them in a healthy way. So before we killed mm -hmm. each other and chopped off each other's necks, we were like, okay, it's time. Mm -hmm. it's time like right now where are you 911 like now yeah yeah so we would go and we would learn the new level and then you know go from there so that is so yeah. that and is that's something that's actually thought um taught in um your master's program i don't know if everyone is ever interested in going to get a master's in therapy like you learn it's like the family life cycle and so helping families transition to the next period in their lives so that there's the, the um, engagement phase. 
that's a that's a phase in itself then getting through a wedding that's a yeah. phase in itself then l- living together that's a phase then bringing a child in that's another phase then that child turning into a teenager that's another phase that yeah. child going to college that's another phase you becoming an empty nester that's another phase and you need like help transitioning through each phase. Mm. Not to say you always need a therapist, but you do need some type of guidance or assistance to kind of help you make it through. Some some couples make it great because they're, you know, they're able to communicate. They have an open communication. That was the same thing, but <laughs> they're able to communicate with each other and they can make it through those, those transitions. But however, you know, some people have to go see someone. A lot of the families that I see now, a lot of the transition is raising teenagers. Mm -hmm. And when they go from like these cute little kids to teenagers and wanting some form of independence. And so parents sometimes kind of see that as rebellion, but it's not, they just want to become adults. Yeah. And so some parents struggle in letting go and it causes conflict. And sometimes a therapist needs to come in and kind of change the perspective and not look at it as like, oh, this child is trying to be re- um, rebellious, but it's more like this child is desiring some independence, some individuality. How can we work to get that together? I love that. That's where we are. <laughs> We've had to do a couple of huddles on yeah. about like my son and and him wanting to go out. And I mean, I can go down and down the story, but at the end of the day, I was like, how dare he think that he could step out the house without letting me know where he gonna go, <laughs> you know? And my husband just took me off to the corner. And he's like, babe, he's adulting. He's he adulting. To let him learn to be an adult. And then yeah. the woman came in and I'm like, you know what? I think it's time for therapy. I think <laughs> <laughs> let's go make that appointment it's time to I go got, girl I got your email okay <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask the next question okay thank you Prisca for asking that question um someone asked is it better for a couple to get separate counseling before moving into therapy together it's mm, a very good question um couple uh, pre-marriage, not married, like just dating. Let me see. It just says, is it better for a couple to get separate counseling before moving into therapy together? Well, um, it's okay. It's a two-part yeah. question. I can yeah. definitely answer it. Um, okay. I've seen couples together. Like there's been couples who come into therapy together, which is fine. Fine and dandy. We work through some things, but then Later on, there may be some issues that have nothing to do with the actual couple relationship, but the actual person. For example, they may have experienced some trauma um, on their own, and they want to kind of deal with that on their own as opposed from sharing it with the spouse or, or the process may be a little bit longer. And then, yeah, then it could be recommended that you seek someone by yourself. Um, I've had families where the husband has a therapist, but then there's a, the couple's therapist, like a family therapist, like myself. So they see me for a couple's issues or, or vice versa. Sometimes I don't like to do the individual and couple because it's like a conflict of interest if something mm. they say something in the session and 
like I'm cheating on my wife, but you better not tell her in session. So Ooh. that causes like some type of, you know, it happens. So it's always, I always recommend like, okay, you know what, um, if there's some issues you want to continue to deal with, maybe it is best that I refer you for someone for individual work. Or if there's issues with substance abuse, sometimes you have issues with substance abuse, with alcoholism or um, drugs, and they may need to see someone separate as opposed to the family therapist. So in those cases, yeah. Wow. I like that. I like the answer to that. Okay, causing, let me see, causing myself sick. I am no stranger to that. Repeating thoughts, some are so small. All right, okay, we have people agreeing with us. Okay, someone asked, what would it take to get a therapy session with Cassandra? Okay, so now I guess we're wrapping it up. So <laughs> with that being said, yeah, it's time, it's time. Well, first I want to say that this has been amazing thank you, thank you so much i've learned so much um just having this few these few moments with you um, um i first want to ask you one last question of course uh, yes so i'm learning to ask a question of all my guests before mm -hmm. they leave um mm -hmm. what does it mean to be free to be you Oh man, what does it mean to be free? That's a wonderful question. I, I, truly be, I truly believe, what does it mean to be free is to know that you are without limits. There's, you can do whatever you, you're called to do. Yeah. If you believe that, I know there was a season in my life where I was not a therapist. There was a season in my life that I was a legal assistant in a law firm. Don't, not mm -hmm. knocking any legal assistants in a law firm because I was making a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> However, I, remember I, was those days. Not, I was not happy. I was not happy. And, and I am still making a good amount of money, but I love what I do. Yeah. And so to be free is to do what you love to do and get paid for it. But yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what it means to me to be free. You know, if God deposits something, something in your heart to do, do it do it because let me tell you there's freedom when you can do what you're called to do yeah so i love that answer that was so perfect that's why we're friends this is why we're friends y'all i told you this episode would be so good right i know you jotted down some great takeaways so you know the deal you gotta like and share this episode with someone that really needs to hear it. Do not keep this information to yourself. Please don't share it with somebody. The next thing I need you to do is I want you to go. Let's have a conversation on my IG page. Go over there. Go to Roz Paul, your freedom coach, all one word, and share your takeaways. Share what you didn't like share what what you did like I, to me the whole thing was just lovely okay but listen it's always a good time on this podcast with you all i i enjoy talking and connecting with everybody here and i hope you're enjoying these episodes too okay so i'm gonna sign off and i just want to let you know i am here to give you uplifting relational and real keys for you to be yourself in the life that you are called to lead. 
This is your podcast host and Freedom Life Coach, Roz Paul, saying adios.